Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. Rick Zamprin here with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment, uh, the Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them at 905 905- 575-7700. RobGolfi.com is the website. At RobGolfi on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Rob Golfi Facebook page as well. Our special in-studio guest this morning, Ashley Sidler, sales representative with the Golfi team. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we have a number of things we're going to get to today. We have more listener questions. Last week, if you tuned in, we had some fabulous listener questions. If you have a question, a quandary, a query, you want to know something about uh, what's happening in our local real estate market, email your question to questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We'll get to it on a future program. Uh, apart from listener questions, we're going to talk about new mortgage rules, but we'll start off with some Hamilton Real Estate Board stats for September. Yes, uh, we've got uh, sales are down. Okay, because inventory's down. Actually, actually, give them the numbers. Uh, Here, run down the right stats there. for us. Yeah, so basically, uh, the real estate Hamilton uh, board reported thirteen hundred seventeen sales were processed through through the board uh, through MLS uh, yep. in September. Sales were four point seven percent lower than the same month last year. There were nineteen forty properties listed in September, a decrease of nine point five percent compared to September of last year. Um, so if we look at basically the the short of it, new listings uh, were up eight or sorry down eight point three percent September since September of last year. Sales total sales were down five percent since September of last year um, between September twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the average sale price was up fourteen point three percent. Interesting. So the number of listings and the number of properties being sold are going down. They're going down, but the prices continue to go up. Right. Yeah, and 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 the government is trying to stop this double-digit increases every year. Yeah, and uh, and it's just it's it, houses. Even though the interest rates are low, but houses are becoming uh, a little little bit unaffordable for uh, especially first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, we're seeing that not only here but you know across the country. No doubt about it. Yeah. So let's talk about these new mortgage rules, and maybe I'll set the stage with uh, the announcement earlier this week from Finance Minister Bill Morneau who announced uh, these measures intended to stabilize the real estate sector amid concerns that pockets of risk have emerged in some housing markets, particularly in Toronto and Vancouver, as we see prices going you know, sky high in those two communities. Uh, in Ottawa earlier this week, saying that uh, they're going to close loopholes surrounding the capital gains tax exemption on the sale of a principal residence, saying that the federal government will also bring in a mortgage rate stress test for all insured borrowers. So what is this mortgage rate stress test going to look like? Uh, basically, they're going to make the buyers qualify at a higher rate uh, to make sure that when rates change, that they can still afford the property. Right. So, for example, um, if you have a mortgage rate of, it, it, let, let's say if you were at, uh, two, uh, let's say a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage at twenty five year amortization, mm-hmm. uh, at two point four four percent, your mortgage would be uh, one thousand three hundred thirty six dollars a month. Okay. 
So, but they want to know that you can afford the uh, test. What do they call it? Test. Uh, the stress test. test. The yep. stress test that you can afford at. Uh, is it four point six? Yeah. So it's going to be four point six four. Yeah. So they want to know that. So the difference. Um, uh, that you can afford would be um, $1,691. That's a $355 difference. Because if there is a shift in interest rates, they want to make sure that you're able to afford that and uh, they don't want to have everybody all of a sudden, uh, you know, having to give up yeah. and not be able to afford to pay their mortgage. Uh, you know, they have visa bills. They have, there's, there's a lot of carrying costs. So they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to try to stop that from happening. And so that will hurt a lot of buyers. So now if they're looking for a four hundred thousand dollar house, and they can afford a four hundred thousand dollar house. Uh, the banks may say, "Sorry, you, you can only afford to buy a three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar house or a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house." Right. So they may not be able to buy uh, as nice of a house as that they thought they could, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's going to cause a lot of uh, problems out there. Well, because most people now, when they get you know approval for a mortgage, they'll get a certain uh, you know, let's say they're approved for four hundred thousand dollars. And, you know, they'll go up to that max, right? They're probably not going to look at a home that is in the 280, 320 range. You're going to say, hey, if I can afford four hundred, I'm going to look for a $400,000 home, right? Right. So those people who are able to afford 400000 right now will not be able to with this new stress test. Right. So you're looking at a rate of 2.24, and I'm just giving a random rate. Sure. Um, and they're going to make you, so you're going to get 400000 off of 2.24 rate. Uh, now they're going to say to you, "Okay, that's great, but you need to qualify at four point six four. If you can't qualify there, then you're going to ha- you can't borrow. You can't go up to four hundred thousand. So you have to be able to afford four point six four, and then and then they'll give you the rate of two point two four. Yeah. So that's going to be substantially. It's it's a, it's it's going it's going to be rough for right. some people. It, it is. It, is this taking effect right now, or is there a grace period? I, I, um, October seventeenth. Okay. Yeah. So like now. Basically, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, if you do go and see your lender now and you get pre-approved mm-hmm. and they lock you in, um, I believe you can get locked into for about 90 days. I, I believe. I don't I don't think so. I, I, uh, 60 I, to 90. I, I have to double check that yeah. with uh, with the mortgage uh, broker. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I do believe I believe you can. Yeah. Okay. The thinking is if you can get locked in, do it before October 17th. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So how is this going to, and you kind of referenced it, how is this going to change the mindset of the buyer knowing that... You know, if they if they are stressed at a certain number, they're not going to be able to go and see a house that they think they deserve. I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, instead of moving on the mountain, they may have to move into uh, East Hamilton, right, uh, or in Central Hamilton. Yeah. So they may not be able to afford a house and move. You know, uh, where they thought they could go. To, mm-hmm. you Do you know. think that's going to affect the Toronto buyer as well? Because knowing that you know they'll be approved at a certain number. More of them will look at Hamilton to say, "Well, I, I can't move on up here in Toronto. I got to move somewhere else." Hamilton's got great prices. I passed the stress test in Hamilton. We'll get more Torontonians. Um, yeah, I think it's going to affect. So the the law, the rule, sorry, um, is also applying to people who have twenty percent or more down, which is really odd mm. because usually if you have twenty percent down payment, you avoid the CMHC mortgage insurance. Right, yeah. However, they're still applying the stress test to them. So the investors coming into Toronto or in from Toronto, it will affect them as well. Yeah. So. But, but it, I think, it, yes, I, you're absolutely right. I think it will bring more uh, Torontonians mm-hmm. towards Hamilton just because uh, it is more affordable. Now it's becoming even more unaffordable in Toronto yeah. for, for them to buy a house there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about this? Housing prices in the Toronto area hitting um, an average price in September of $755,000. That's up 20%. The number of sales jumping 21%. These according to stats from the Toronto Real Estate Board. 
And uh, it also says the average sale price of detached homes in Toronto proper rose to $1.29 million, up 23% from a year earlier. So if you're in Toronto proper, let's say you're in your 50s, you're close to retirement, you're thinking of downsizing, probably not going to downsize in Toronto, right? You're you're looking at Hamilton. No, no, that's (laughs) why they're all moving towards the... uh, the Hamilton, Wentworth, and Niagara area—it's more affordable. They mm-hmm. can buy a house for four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and they have cash in the bank, and they can live their life comfortably after that. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this stress test for everyone, or just first-time home buyers, or is it everyone. everyone under this uh, under the sun? Applying for a mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vancouver home sales—you guys probably heard about this. Real estate board in Greater Vancouver says home sales in Metro Vancouver in September plunged thirty-two percent compared to the same month last year. The board saying there was uh, just over 2,200 homes sold last month, a steep drop from the 3,300 that uh, was uh, sold in September of 2015. And last month was the second month that a 15% tax applied to foreign buyers of property in the city. Coincidence? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like it's uh, uh, it's working what yeah. they want to accomplish uh, with uh, slowing the market down with foreign buyers. But it's also I'm sure it's also hurting... You know, foreign buyers that don't have money that sure. want to buy, but uh, maybe that'll you know adjust the prices from uh, keep going up in double digits every yeah. every year. Circling back to the September uh, stats for Hamilton, the real estate stats. Um, is there anything we can read into that uh, going into you know the last half of, of of this year? Is it is there a trend brewing in terms of you know fewer listings, but prices continuing to go up? Uh, basically, the average sale price increase was driven by a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, an abundance of buyers qualified chomping at the bit to buy right. um, and a lack of inventory. So, less homes on the market, mm-hmm. therefore, creating a bidding war um, when properties come up. There's yeah. quite a few buyers as opposed to no, not enough homes out there. Right. And really, um, this isn't anything new. I mean, we've seen no, this for a while now. No, but yeah. that is why the, pre- the average price increased, even though the sales were down. Right. Okay. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this stress test? Do you think it's going to be positive? Um, it, it's 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 going to be tough. Um, I was talking to a mortgage broker uh, when this first came out, and he said it, it's already a struggle now at the the rate as as it is. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. There, there there's going to be a lot of disappointments out there, and it's going to affect uh, you know uh, the, what people can afford to buy, which mm-hmm. they thought you know you know from two point four four to so four point six four percent is a huge difference yeah. in uh, in the monthly payment. So they're they're definitely not going to be able to get the house that they thought they could get. It might also force people, let's say here in Hamilton, to look elsewhere: Brantford, Niagara, um, you know, Southern Niagara, uh, or maybe you know, north of Guelph or in the Guelph area. Uh, they might not want um, a home here, or they might not be able to afford a home here, but may have to look at a smaller community. Yeah, that's is that, is that fair? funny that you mentioned that because actually in the summertime, um, I listed a home in Welland. Hmm. Uh, Welland was not very up. It's very slow market, Welland sure. area. I listed a home. Um, we decided to hold offers. Um, agents there were not super happy about that because that's not what their market is dictating. Right. Um, and we did get nine offers and 30000 over asking price. Wow. So that was crazy. And it was someone from Hamilton coming in and bought the property. So it is, they are going further that way because they're finding it a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Well, in St. Catharines, Fort Erie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, they're, they're moving out that way. Mm-hmm. You're right. The prices are cheaper. Uh, even the builders are going out there buying land and developing it yeah. and uh, building homes. So there's a, an influx of, uh, of uh, 
people, builders, everyone is moving out that way. Yeah. Sounds like the golf team might be putting a little more miles on uh, their, their wheels and treads and, <laughs> and going out to other communities. Possibly. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into, we got a, a minute or so left in this uh, first segment. Let's get into some of our uh, listener questions. And again, if you have a question, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, the first one, uh, what do I need to declare as a seller about my home? We've talked about this in past yeah. programs. Um, like, like, uh, you have to declare if there's any issues that have happened, you know? Yeah, you pretty much have to declare anything that a buyer couldn't know. Okay. Right? I mean, there are things that you can see, um, and they could see, you know, visually with a home inspection. Hmm. You still, they're still obligated to, to declare these things. You know, if they had, you know, a trickle in the basement, if they had, uh, the roof leaked, even though it was repaired, they still need to let them know. Right. Um, you know, I've heard a story where, you know, are there, is there any moisture in the basement? The seller says no. Buyers move in. Um, you know, they have a huge rainfall. Then they're ripping out carpet. They're outside talking to the neighbors to find out that this house had flooded a year ago. Right. Uh, that's never a good situation for that seller. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you need to let them know they do need to disclose any issues. So even if it's repaired or corrected or remedied, let's say mold, right? You had mold in, you know, a bedroom or whatever. You remedied it. You corrected it. Uh, you still have to declare that. You do. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. When we come back, more listener questions here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Our special in-studio guest today, Ashley Sidler, sales representative with the Golfie team. You can find them online, robgolfie.com, robgolfi.com. Call them at 905 905- Five seven five seventy seven hundred at Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram, and check out the Rob Golfi Facebook page. Number of issues we're tackling today. If you missed our first segment, so we uh, went in depth on the new stress test that's being introduced by Ottawa uh, and the Hamilton Real Estate Board stats for September. Uh, fewer listings and uh, sales, but prices continue to go up. Now addressing some listener questions. And if you have a question, you can email your question to questions at robgolfi.com. Questions at robgolfie.com. Is an open house necessary? Um, an open house isn't necessary. However, it does, it can't hurt, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's you're getting people through the house. Um, as long as it's done properly, uh, an open house is beneficial. Right. Uh, properly, our opinion, we don't like to put the open house sign on the front lawn till closer to the open house. Right. Uh, we do do a lot of marketing, advertising, um, newsprint on online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we feel that the serious buyers are going to, you know, investigate where there is an open house and map out their route. Um, I find the sign being on the lawn earlier just uh, attracts a lot of the nosy neighbors. (laughs) So how early is too early? Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, too early. Really, eh? So like the Friday of the open house? Maybe Saturday for a Sunday open house. Friday, Yeah, the day before. Okay. Yeah. And would you do that the same online as well or is this just strictly for the sign? No, it would be in the paper earlier okay. yeah. in the week, um, and then it would be online earlier in the week as well. Okay. Yeah. 
what's the difference between a good open house and a bad open house or, or a, an, an open house that's executed well? Well, well, the, the, best, the best open houses are the ones that, this is how I like to do my open houses, is I actually put the sign up, the open house sign in front of the house, um, you know, like 20 minutes, 15 minutes before the open house because we've done a lot of online marketing about the open sure. house. People All know we, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're a buyer and you're looking for a house, you're going to know about that house is, is is has an open house. Right. So the online marketing has been done, the print marketing has been done. So if you're a, just a tire kicker that, you know, has nothing to do on a Sunday, you're not going to know that there's an open house there. Mm. So and obviously, of course, you're not you're not a buyer, you're not a buyer looking. Right. We don't want those people coming in the house distracting us from the real buyer that is coming through the house. Right. So um, I prefer to, um, you know, do all the online, the print marketing, put the sign up during the time because uh, I hate to see, you know, hey, you know, you know, put a sign up on the front lawn at uh, on on Wednesday afternoon, and it's a uh, Sunday afternoon, and you got and the neighbor down the street's got friends over, and they're having a barbecue, and. Meanwhile, him and his buddies are drinking beer in the backyard. Say, hey, listen, <laughs> Golfie's having a uh, open house down the street. Let's go there and check it out. You know, I don't want those yeah, there yeah. because they're not, they're just checking. They're not serious buyers. They're not serious buyers. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are looking uh, in the paper and, uh, you know, and online, uh, they're the serious buyers. Right. And those are the ones I want there. And, and, and then I don't have the neighbors distracting me from talking to these people. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get? the nosy neighbors or the the not-so-serious buyers out of the home during an open house. So the open house is underway. You have, you know, Bob and his buddies down the street who've just, you know, opened up a couple of two-fours yeah. who are now at your open house. How do you get them out? Well, the the best, sometimes the best way to deal with that is is you have uh, an open house for the neighbors prior to the open house. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you invite them with an invitation, say, hey, um, in, you know, we have our normal open house two to four, but we're inviting the neighbors uh, from uh, one to two. Interesting, and it, it gets them out of the way. They can mm-hmm. see. They can see everything. And yes, you never know. They might have a family or friend that wants to move nearby. Sure, but it's best to get those those people out of the way. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the first open house that you're doing is get the neighbors send an invitation out to everybody. Yeah. get them to come through. Now you got them out of the way, and and they'll they'll feel more comfortable because instead they don't have to say, oh, you know, we you know, a lot I'm of them try to, to disguise who they yeah, are, you yeah. know, like and even you know they live two doors down. Right. <laughs> and are most of them uh, going to the open house just to just to compare, you know, their house to this house? Um, mostly, but some of them are just sometimes uh, just nosy. nosy you know, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's both. Uh, so, but a lot of them are trying to compare and say, well, mm-hmm. you know, we're asking five hundred thousand for this house. Right. How does it compare to my house? Then my house. Everybody always says, well, yeah. my house is way house better, be so better. my house has got to be worth 600000 <laughs> You'd also be surprised how many people will um, come in and say, yeah, I saw so-and-so was renovating this. I just wanted to see what it looked what like. What it looked like. And that's like the next-door neighbor. So in your mind, you're kind of like, <laughs> don't you people talk to each other? Um, but, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, touch base on the open house. I think they're important now just with the strong uh, Toronto, Toronto buyer. Like, the, yeah. they're coming in, right? Um, the Toronto agents, I don't want to say they're lazy, but a lot of times – for them to come here, it's quite a difference in price. Sure, and they are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a difference in price, and 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 compri- they're they're not making as much money here. Right, bottom line, right. right? So they are likely to send their clients through the open house here. Mm-hmm. So other than that, they may just pass on it because they're not wanting to come out this way. And more often than not, they'll probably just look online, you know, to to a house tour type of thing. Um, yeah, but if there is an open house, they will send their clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The one, the one thing about the Toronto real estate agents, they'll call us up and they'll say, hey, 
can you show this house for me? <laughs> I'm going, no. I <laughs> really? Go, oh, my God. Uh, all the time. <laughs> you have no idea. They don't want to drive from Toronto to wow. Hamilton. And I said, listen, refer the client. Do the client a favor. Don't yeah. do yourself a favor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, they'll call us and say, can you show the, the wow. house for us? And we, I, I refuse to do that. Yeah. Uh, back to the nosy neighbor. Have you ever had an open house where a nosy neighbor has come in and said, you know what? I do have a family member who's who's going to be really interested in this property. And, and whether, you're not, whether or not you make a deal or not, at least they came and, and you know, showed some interest in the property. Uh, yeah, I have had people, it depends on the neighborhoods, right? Um, sure. Bungalows right now are, are huge. So, I mean, right. you are getting a lot of neighbors coming through, knowing someone who's looking for a bungalow. Yeah. Um, you know, the nosy neighbor, they're, they're always very sweet. They come through and they do recognize if you're very busy at the open house, yeah. they recognize it right away and they say, you know, you know I won't take up your time. Um, I have your card. Thank you so much. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it happens for sure. But but the, the, the sign is the most important thing. Yeah. If a lot of people... Um, uh, if you have a sign on the front lawn and if there's uh, a neighbor that knows somebody that w- likes to move into that neighborhood, they're going to call that uh, friend of theirs or yeah. their relative say, hey, listen, the house you gotta just came here. You got, you got to yeah. get here and see it. Um, sometimes we get uh, the odd person that doesn't want a sign on the front lawn. They don't want you to advertise it. Hmm. And but they they want us to sell it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't get it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but we do get those once in a while, and it's uh, it's a, it's a challenge. <laughs> Is there a particular reason why some buyers don't want an open house? Um, an open house? Yeah, they've they've heard stories, I guess, where you know, um, not so much here, but in other places where people come in and you know take items or take mm. keys and come back and. You know, rob the place. Rob the place. Wow. Which I mean, we educate our clients, and they need to be educated. Obviously, yeah. you don't leave random keys hanging around on the key rack. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just an invitation for, sure. for you know nothing good's going to come. From yeah, that. personal information would be the same. Yeah, same kind of. Yeah, thing. Per, yeah. So, but then again, if we know it's going to be a busy open house, we also will have more than one agent there a lot of times. Right. Um, just to you, keep it on. You can't things. you can't regulate that many people with one person. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, if you have a question, you can email questions at robgolfie.com, questions at robgolfie.com. Find them online, robgolfie.com, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at robgolfie, and you can check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. You can call them today at 905-575-7700. Who pays the realtor fee when buying a home? Uh, generally, the the selling Agent. selling agents, okay. uh, sellers, sorry, are paying the commission. Um, there's a commission charged to the seller for selling their home, mm-hmm. and then part of that is offered out to cooperating agents to bring their buyers through. Okay. So generally speaking, as a buyer, you don't pay commission. Mm. Uh, that being said, there are some situations where they will pay a commission. Uh, maybe they're buying a private home that the private seller is not paying out a commission, right. okay. and they are obligated to their, their realtor mm-hmm. because they have a contract with them, and they've been working with them for quite some time. To pay them a commission. Okay. Um, if it is a private sale, a lot of times that will be built. If they don't want to pay a commission, the offer will will reflect right. commissions. Maybe one of the conditions. The right. Well, not really a condition, but you know, say they're asking four hundred thousand, and the seller does not want to pay a commission. Mm-hmm. Your client, hey Ashley, you know, let's work this out, and uh, okay, we're going to pay you this much, and then we take it off the top of the price. I see. Okay. Now, have those rules changed at all over the last several years, ten years, twenty years? Which, which rules are you? Referring? In terms of uh, the buyer paying the commission and the or the seller paying the commission, but not the buyer. No, that's, always, it's always, always been, been the seller. seller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what happens on closing day? I'm short of funds to close the deal. How many times have you heard this? <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens. It, 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 um, oh, it's scary. It's scary. Um, especially you know, 
uh, a young uh, couple. They just saved enough money for the down payment. Mm-hmm. They got enough money for the land transfer tax and enough money to pay the legal fees. And they calculated everything. And then they find out that their closing date is March 25th or whatever. And the homeowner that they're buying the house off of paid their uh, taxes for the house for the entire year. So now they have to come up with more funds to reimburse them for those mo- for the money that they paid in advance for the taxes on the Ouch. house. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, so if, if the taxes are 5000 and so that means they got to come up with probably another $3,500 on closing. Right. And it just, you know, uh, you know, especially seniors, they like to get their bills out of the way and paid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, so sometimes that could hurt them on closing day. Usually, usually, yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, closing date, uh, it's always a little higher than uh, than what you're calculating. No matter what, no matter how much you calculate so much, it always seems to be that, oh, my God, it's always a, you know, a $500 or mm-hmm. $1,500 higher than what you anticipated. And for somebody just starting out, uh, that, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They have to go, you know, go to their Visa card or go to their family or friends and say, listen, I'm short. You know, I need to, I need yeah. help on, uh, to close this deal. So what's a good buffer? Is, is a thousand enough um, for the most well, part? So let's say, okay. So if you're buying, let's say a $400,000 house, mm-hmm. um, I always say calculate, uh, and this is not the true calculation, but I say calculate 1% uh, land transfer tax. It, it, it's probably going to be less than that. Okay. Calculate probably uh, eight hundred dollars for legal fees, and then in, in disbursements and everything. So, so your legal stuff will cost a total of fifteen hundred. That's including your the lawyer and disbursements and uh, everything else that goes with that. Okay. And uh, and then just put down I don't know an extra thousand. Just you know just you know for an hallelujah just, just to be in safe. case. Yeah. And is it mostly new home buyers or first time home buyers who are stuck in this pickle? No, it's no, everybody. it's everybody. Yeah. It's everybody. Yeah, it's always a surprise on closing. Always, um, you, you you know what? No matter how you know hard, like you could could have been the best best uh, best mathematician in the world. <laughs> you <laughs> seems you seem and it doesn't work out. It's always higher. Interesting. There's always something that comes up that uh, yeah, the, you know, yeah. the numbers uh, seem to change a bit. Uh, what is a good investment property to buy? This is a good question. Yeah, it is. I've got a lady uh, from Oakville. And uh, she is looking to invest. She's got $200,000 from a, an inheritance. And she is looking to buy a property. So now she's not the type, she's like, well, I don't really like townhouses. I can tell she's that generation of mm-hmm. townhouses is, is, is something new for her. Yeah. And, and I'm giving her different uh, areas uh, to buy. And I said, well, townhouses are great. I says, because the, the biggest buying uh, population out there is uh, the millennials, and that's the ages of twenty five to thirty. They're yeah. looking for townhouses, and I told her the newer the townhouse, the better, because um, you know you don't have to you know upkeep, maintain, and everything. Right. And um, and I, I, I you know we're trying to find the right price in the right area for her. She's looking at single family homes. I, she was looking at this one. She really liked. It was up against the escarpment, but old, very old house. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Stay away from that." I go, "You're gonna have nothing but you know fixing up things all the time." Right, right. And and I know you like it, but just make it simple. I says, "Remember, you're not you're not living there. You're there to you know invest and yeah. and, and and collect the rent every month and 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 have the uh, you know the inflation of the the home come up." Mm-hmm. So she's getting a, a little bit of a handle on that. And uh, so she is steering away from the older homes, and uh, and uh, but we're we're trying to find the, the right home for her. So right. I'm I'm 
teaching her different ways how to the, the proper way for her to do it. Yeah. In terms of location and investment property, um, obviously location is the key. But are we still looking at near schools, near shopping centers, that kind of thing? Um, That's still like the hot kind of location area. Probably easy access to the highway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. yeah anything along the Queen E corridor is is really good. Or Hamilton area. Yeah. Red, Red Hill. The yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It. Uh, it just. It. It. It's all good. Uh, for instance, like if you're in the East End, you're you know you're buying out either at a cheaper rate, uh, the lower price range, uh, so that the uh, the inflation is going to be a little s- lower than mm-hmm. than if you were buying on a mountain or sure. or in the West End or Ancaster. But um, but I mean you know you buy in good areas, you're going to get better tenants. That's also there's to it. So so you want that you want you want to have a tenant that's going to be there you know a minimum of five years with you know they pay their rent every month. You yeah. don't have no you know no calls. But you don't want high turnover. Yeah. So you, you want, want to stay away maybe from university or college because you'll get yes, a lot of students, yeah, right? Yeah. And actually, that's a good question because she did mention that she wanted to, you know, a, around the university. And I says, that's not a problem. But you're going to, every year, you're going to have to deal with new yeah. tenants. You know, people moving stuff in and moving stuff out of the house, which causes damage. have to repaint damage. the whole yeah. thing all the time. Repaint. Yeah. And it causes damage. You know, if you're moving furniture in and out of a house yeah. every every year, you know, those doors get banged up pretty good. Yeah. And in terms of a townhome versus uh, even a detached or semi-detached, um, townhome obviously gives you some flexibility, but in the same sense, you might not get the bigger bang for your buck. Is that a fair statement? I guess it depends on where it is, too, but I'm just, you know, apples to apples. Yeah, it's really going to come down to price point, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, a detached is obviously going to cost you more sure. than a a townhome. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a condo townhouse might be a good situation because mm-hmm. there's no, going to be no maintenance on the, outs- the exterior, like the grass cutting and stuff right. like that. Um, so that might be a little bit more ideal. The, to, to me, I find the freehold townhome is the best investment out there. That's right. that, and I, I uh, because uh, the generation that that that's buying it, uh, there there's a huge population that are looking for townhomes, and they don't want the grass cutting mm-hmm. detached. They don't want um, they want something simple they can move into. The newer, newer, easy, simple townhouse is, in my opinion. The best investment yeah. out there. The detaches are good, also. There's no doubt about that. Right. Um, but but if you buy new detaches, it's too expensive. The the return on investment's not good. Yeah. But the the townhouse, it is. All right. A couple more listener questions. When we come back, this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping home. When my music's playing home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also in studio with us today, Ashley Sidler, sales representative with the Golfie team. 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, check him out on Facebook as well. Just search Rob Golfie. We are answering some listener questions today. If you have a question, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. We'll get to it on a future program. So what would the land transfer tax be on a home? So basically the land transfer tax itself is going to be, it's going to vary depending on the purchase price of the home. It's broken down uh, into different percentages um, at different purchase prices. Okay. Um, So that would be, you know, specific to the purchase price you bought. However, uh, first-time home buyers do get a rebate through the government, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, good news. 
something for free. <laughs> um, basically, it's a maximum of $2,000 on your first home. And uh, that $2,000 would be at a purchase price of two twenty five. dollars So if you bought a property okay. for $300,000, you're going to have a rebate of $2,000 and you're going to pay land transfer taxes on $75,000. So, I mean, that's huge for a first-time home buyer. Right. So how um, how do they calculate what the land transfer tax is? Is it just a percentage of what the home is yeah, and worth I don't have or it in front of me, but it's, okay. it's, a, it's a certain, I think it's 0. 0.5 on the first 250. And then after that, it's like 1%. And again, I'm, I'm just I'm, kind I'm of guessing. Yeah, this, but yeah. it's, it's broken down like that. And then it's another percentage over this price. Right. So, I mean, um, if you actually have, if they have that question, they could contest, contact us directly sure. and we can give them the answer. But uh so, like something like a million dollar house, uh, if you were buying, mm-hmm. um, the land transfer tax can be, you know, probably eight, nine thousand dollars. Now, in Toronto, uh, that it'll be more than double. Yeah, it, it could be up to twenty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, and uh, uh, they were trying to implement that all all of Ontario dub- double the land transfer tax because the Ontario government always wants more money, <laughs> of course. And, they clearly uh, need more money. Yeah, <laughs> clearly they need it, and. Uh, bad management of the Ontario government, but um, but yes, um, the um, the land yeah it's it it adds up to a lot of money. So so when you're buying a home, do you, do you have to pay that land transfer tax in one shot? Can you defer it over the year? How does that work? No. So on closing, your lawyer will collect the land transfer tax. Okay. Um, again, for the first time home buyer, you know, again something for free. Yeah. The lawyers, majority of lawyers, are not making you pay that up front and waiting for the rebate. They are applying it to the fee. Right. And they're collecting the rebate on your behalf. So that's that's great. Okay. Um, like we discussed earlier, closing costs tend to get sticky. Yeah. Um, also, the Toronto Toronto area, they have higher land transfer taxes. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, why they're being driven here. Yeah. Um, they have they have the regular land transfer, and then they have another land transfer tax on it, which is ridiculously high. Right. And this isn't just for first-time homebuyers. I mean, if you're moving from one house to another, you're still going to have to pay land transfer Correct. tax. Yeah. Just yeah. a first-time homebuyer will get a break of $2,000. Get $2, that rebate. Right. Yeah. Uh, how important is curb appeal? Wow, curb appeal. Um, no yeah. question is a dumb question, but yeah. this one sounds no. a little... No, that's, that's great. <laughs> curb, curb appeal. That not that how... Uh, you meet uh, uh, people at the at the bar. You look at them first and say, "Oh, okay, I'll go and first impression." Yeah. yeah, first impression. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, if you drive, you know, when I'm working with buyers and I, I usually they send me a list. I say, "Hey, you know what, guys, go have a drive by of those properties." Right. Um, I nothing I hate more than pulling up to a property which they did not drive by and they go, "Oh, mm, I don't even want to go right. inside because it's wasting your time." Yeah, out, and right? I say to them, and "You there's... know what? I asked you to drive by, so yeah. we're going in." Yeah, <laughs> but no curb appeal. I mean, if if it if it's not well taken care of outside, you kind of wonder what else is wrong inside. Right. Um, it's a really bad first impression. Yeah. So what are the what are the no nos of you know you're putting your home up for sale? What are the things you want to avoid in terms of curb appeal? Um, Garbage all over the place would be yeah, one, obviously. Uh, <laughs> a car, an old car. Uh, rusted with flat tires on the front driveway. <laughs> yeah, That's car, a red flag. Yeah, cars on the lawn are never good. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, basically, you know, nicely manicured, you know, front and backyards. Yep. Um, again, that would help with your pictures too, right? I mean, it, sure. it, people are starting online, so pictures speak a thousand words. Mm-hmm. If it looks like crap in the picture, they're likely not going to go yeah. showing. Um, yeah, and then just declutter outside so you can really see the house itself. Yeah. And we were talking about photos, I think it was on the last show, you know, taking photos. If you're thinking about selling during the winter especially, take a photo now because, uh, you know, that we still have, you know, it's it's pretty nice outside. But compared to a February listing, it's going to be much different taking photos in February, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We just uh, we just did one uh, the other day on Crawley Crescent in uh, Dundas. 
Uh, we took uh, uh, drone shots and photographs and everything because the, the house uh, is being listed, uh, I think, 1st of March. Hmm. So we know that, you know, the, the foliage and everything is not going to be. Start, yeah. yeah, so we got nice green grass and green bushes and everything. So um, we will have, um, you know, a, a photograph of the house, the winter shot with a summer shot. Right. And uh, it, so that, you know, they can see the difference. Yeah, you, know, you get that winter. perspective. Yeah, they get the perspective. Yeah. So we are we are taking a lot of photographs uh, now for the for the winter. Um, in an offshoot to curb appeal, your home might be beautifully manicured. You have the lawn going, you know, flowers, uh, shrubs all taken care of. The house looks great. But the neighbors isn't quite up to snuff. Does that scare potential buyers away? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they kind of wonder you want to know what the neighborhood's like, right? Yeah. A lot of buyers actually will knock on people's doors and, and um, you know, meet the neighbors before they purchase the property. So, yeah, hopefully you have a good relationship with your neighbors and maybe they'll let you landscape the <laughs> yard for them. So Pulling double duty. And you, and you think you think uh, <laughs> wives have a hard time changing their husbands. Trying to change your neighbors tougher. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, a lost cause. <laughs> All right, when we come back, one final segment here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. One more spin here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Ashley Sidler, our special in-studio guest today. She is a sales representative with the Golfie team. Call them today, 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. More listener questions. And again, if you have a question, email questions at robgolfie.com. Is it worth for me to renovate my home before putting it on the market, or should I sell as is? Okay, so that's a great question. Yes. It really depends on the property itself. Um, I'm finding we go out to a lot of um, seniors' homes, bungalows, the one story, right. which again are in really high demand. Mm-hmm. Um, we go out there and they are dated. However, a lot of times you don't they don't need to do anything because the market being what it is, they're going to get top dollar for that house. Right. So the money and aggravation and time they put into it, the market could shift in between. Um, they, they're likely just going to get what they put into it, mm. right? Another thought is what you renovate may not be what the person buying it actually wanted. Right. So it may not hold value to them. Yeah, because everybody a, has different tastes, right? Right, exactly. So really, to answer the question, it would be better to get someone in there, you know, a, a sales representative into your home um, to, t- to give you the advice. Yeah. I was in a home, um, it was probably built in the 60s or 70s the other day, and the kitchen was super dated, but structurally and size-wise, it looked fantastic. And, and and that's basically what people are looking for. They look at, you know, the cupboards and the old kind of appliances, and they'll make an assessment that way. And, again, depends on the property, sure. right? So I'm going to just specify the bungalow for now, okay? Because right? that's what we're seeing a lot of, yeah. the dated homes. Um, again, the older, older you know, people looking to downsize, right. going to an apartment, whatnot. Um People are going in there and they have their ideas. They want to bust open walls. They want to open concept it. They right. they want to they and 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 there's a supply and demand right now, right? So if there's nothing out there and you're competing against nothing, nothing, you have no competition. Yeah. So you likely don't have to do the work unless it is structural. Right. You got water coming in. Your roof is leaking. Your windows are old. 
a furnace AC, yeah. those kinds of things. Different yes, story. But cosmetically, a lot of times, no. Interesting. Um, how do we decide with the agent on an asking price for my home? Well, first of all, you get an agent in that is familiar with the area. Correction. Okay. You get an agent from the golfy team. Yes. yes. Then... That would be ideal. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, you can call me directly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Ashley Sidler in. at 905. Yeah. <laughs> so we would come in and uh, do a thorough presentation. We would have a look at the home, mm-hmm. uh, give you some suggestions, um, You know, tell you what's, what the comparables are. And again, this market, everybody does their pricing differently. Um, myself, and I, I feel like you would be doing the same, Rob. Yeah. Um, I'm basically pricing your home based on what you're competing against in the market. Um, with the lack of inventory, I, I, I care a little bit about what sold, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's more so what are you competing against right now? What else is available? Right. If there's nothing within reason, you know, you can test the market a sure. little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's how I'm pricing. You yes. agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We try to we try to push the market uh, to a certain degree without uh, overpricing it. But it, it, it is a little bit of a guessing game because we don't know what the market's going to show us. Yeah. Um, but it, but in this market, you'll never undersell a house um, because it, it is so rapid. You'll you know if the way it's going, you'll get multiple offers if yeah. you underprice it. But you, but you can make the mistake of overpricing. Yeah. There, is it is it better to underprice than overprice? Obviously, that's probably a dumb question. In, in, um, the, in yeah. this market, I think yes. Yeah, so our spring market was insane, right? So you walk into a house and basically this is what my evaluation kind of consisted of. I would walk in, go through the house, see what needed to be done, Mm. do my presentation and then say to them, you know, hey guys, what would you hope to get? Right. Right? Sometimes people are very reasonable. A lot of times they were. A lot of times they're way, way low. Really? eh? So for example, someone said to me, I'd like to get 370 Hamilton home. I said, okay, great. I said, you know what? He goes, but I don't think it's worth more than 350. I said, are you happy with 350? Yes. Okay, let's list it at 349.9. We'll hold offers. They got 16 offers and got 390. Wow. They were so happy. Yeah. But again, coming in there, they say to me, Ashley, what am I going to get? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get somewhere between here and here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really going to depend on the marketing. It's going to depend on what the pictures look like, the write-up, and um, yeah, just how many people come through. It's just, yeah. That's what it's going to depend on, how many people are looking. Interesting. Um, what do I need to do to get my home ready for sale? So first step is to call us. Yes. Team. Number one, check. <laughs> right, I got this figured out. Now. Okay. Um, and then we would come in. Like I said, we do the evaluation, give you an idea on price. We mm-hmm. agree on terms, um, price, and we get it listed. So that would be the paper portion. Yep. We would then make a strategy. Um, we would generally have a stager come out to get your home picture ready. And again, we cover the cost of this. Mm-hmm. Basically, the stager comes around with you into your house and uh, goes room to room, basically inserting and deleting your own personal property to make it look picture perfect. Right. Um, And again, can't stress enough that quality pictures will help sell your house. Yeah. Okay. So Because you're trying to, uh, you know, um, get a broad appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. People are starting online. Yeah. No doubt about it. If your pictures are awful, uh, for instance, if you take your pictures, you know, with your iPhone, that's (laughs) not so ideal. And and agents are doing that. Really? They're taking pictures that are blurry. They're taking... Um, a picture of of a light fixture on the ceiling, Ouch. like it's just the pictures are horrible. Yeah. Um. So quality pictures are 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 what you need to do to sell your yeah. house. And then we you know get everything going. We get everything advertised in the paper, and then we list it. And obviously, we sell it for you know asking way over price asking price. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we're uh, plumb out of questions. Uh, guys, thanks for coming in. Enjoy the rest of uh, the weekend and the Thanksgiving weekend as well. Yes, yeah. thank you. Have All a right. good weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 a.m. right here on AM 900 CHML.